And then in the second half hour, we'll be talking about a program called the Braven Program. And uh, Shakira McKnight, the coordinator of the Office of Youth and College Affairs, will be joining us uh, as well. And I know the mayor is excited to talk about that. Mr. Mayor, thank you once again for joining us, sir. Glad to be here. I want to talk about uh, youth prisons or the youth residential facility, as some people are calling it. Uh, Earlier in the week, your staff put out a press release saying that the mayor was not in favor of this. And then today we got a joint statement from you and the governor saying that you support this. What changed? Well, nothing changed. I think it's the same statement we put out. I mean, we're not in favor of building a prison. Uh, a new prison in uh, Newark or any part of northern New Jersey at all. Uh, You know, that's consistent, and we said that at the beginning of the statement, that we want to get to a time when no youth are incarcerated at all. Obviously, there are some young people who have committed some crimes that they cannot be released for, right? So, you know, and it's a small number of them who have, you know, whether they've committed homicide, uh, sexual assault, rape, uh, obviously those people are going to be housed somewhere, uh, the governor has closed the present iteration of youth facilities uh, like Jamesburg and places like that are going to be closed down, which is good. Uh, and so the debate is what, what should be done after you create, after you close those down, what, sh- what should be done uh, with the young people you can't put on a bracelet, that you can't send to a program, that you can't do these specific things with that have commit, committed these kind of adult crimes. And so our, our position is that they should invest in residential facilities that they already have that's a, that are in existence and begin to rehip, fix those, strengthen them, modernize them, and use the savings uh, from the closing to, you know, fund some of the programs that exist now and programs that can exist around alternative policing and strategies to make sure kids are not incarcerated. That's our our general principle. The 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 governor never asked to build a youth prison. Never asked us to build a, a prison. Never presented us with an idea for a prison. And I think that when you tell people we're going to build a jail. Everybody gets up in arms. We're building a jail. That's that's not what's going to happen. I mean, we're not going to allow a jail to be built uh, in the city. We would never allow that to, to take place. We have one already on Daria Street. So uh, this facility that they're proposing, you support the one that they're proposing to build near Westside High School? No, 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 no. So there's nothing being built by Westside High School. I mean, that whole, I don't know how that thing spiraled out of control. There was a, there's a property up there that's owned by the bank that's actually now owned by somebody else. They sold it to someone else who was not in contact with the state. They might be now, you know, they found out the state won it. But at the end of the day, that's, that is not happening. It, it, you know, uh, they came and had a discussion uh, with us. And uh, whatever they talked to the, the bank about is what they talked to the bank about. But they never got the property. They talked to us about uh, what an idea they would have about building a, a youth development center uh, on uh, that property. So we were in discussions with them. We weren't, uh, you know, there was nothing finalized and nothing that was actually going to take place. And obviously we wouldn't agree for them to build a jail right there on that, on that property anyway. Across the street from Westside High School is ridiculous for them to build a jail there. So uh, the, the plan then, the statement you put out today with the governor, you support not necessarily the building of new residential facilities. You support fixing the ones that the state already has and improving the programming. Absolutely. The ones, because there are people that are going to be in jail, some young people that are going to, unfortunately, be incarcerated. So do you support the building of any of these new facilities? No, I support them using the dollars 
the remainder of the dollars to invest in the programs that we have here, some in Trenton, some in Camden, some in different parts of the state to rehabilitate these young people, to get them on pathways. And for the folks that have to be incarcerated, then we begin to invest in uh, the, the facilities that already exist, modernize them, update them, uh, you know. Uh, and, 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 and the argument that they have about uh, making sure that there's only a few of them makes sense because there's not a lot of young people uh, in a state that are incarcerated. Uh, you know. It's my understanding that the state has about 11 of these youth facilities and, and the, right. they're only about half populated as it right. is. So. so most of them need to be closed, if not all of them. I mean, and I think the governor's plan is to close them all, right, and to build a modern kind of iteration of and, and what that would look like. The Youth Task Force, the Youth Justice Task Force is designed to figure out what that looks like. And we don't know what they said, you know, what they've come up with, but that's what, it, that's what their job is, to figure out what that is actually going to look like, right, whether it's going to exist or not. Because it would make sense, it seemed to make sense to me in terms of dollars and cents, that if you have 11 of these facilities, and they're all throughout the state, then they're already within reaching distance of where people live. If you have 11 across the state, uh, like New Jersey, at, at least... Well, there's none up here. Yeah, none up here. Right, there's none up here. So if you, if, you, if you have $160 million and you have these facilities throughout the state, why would you, why would you have a plan to go and build more if the ones that you have are half populated? Right. So, and, I, and I think the idea is to close all of those and build one in South Jersey. Well... I don't want to speak for them, but this is what I've uh, listened to, South Jersey, Central Jersey, and North Jersey, right? So to have three across the state as opposed to 11 uh, in a different kind of iteration that does not look like a jail, that looks more like youth development uh, uh, centers that deal with opportunity youth and folks that are not in jail yet and try to create opportunities for them not to get in jail. Uh, if something like that is created where there are development centers that target opportunity youth, we have four to 6,000 kids in the city of Newark who are either unemployed and, 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 and uh, don't have a you know, high school diploma or both. Uh, you know, if, if they're targeting that group of kids and trying to make sure that they don't go to jail, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that that actually should happen. Uh, the, the part that becomes controversial, controversial is the part, uh, are you going to uh, house the three or four or five or six kids that are also, uh, you know, are they going to be on that property and where would they be on that property and what, what would that look like and would they have access to those facilities. These are discussions, and I think and that's what people need to understand, right? So all of these things are discussions. The youth task force, obviously, for them to even think about anything, they should have a discussion with elected officials, with mayors. So these are, these are discussions. This is not a, uh, a plan. There's no land purchase. There's no, uh, no closing, no, no architectural drawings uh, that I've seen. Uh, so at the end of the day, this is just these are just discussions that people have been having. Yeah, we're listening to Mayor Rasbarocker on Newark Today, WBGO eighty eight point three FM and WBGO.org. The number to take part in this conversation is eight four four six seven seven nine two eight three. That's eight four four six seven seven nine two eight three. What do you think of this discussion that we're having? Uh, and the governor apparently who wants to spend $160 million to build three youth residential facilities uh, in New Jersey. Some of the opponents, Mr. Mayor, have been saying that what the governor really wants to do is to build youth jails or youth prisons. Well, I, I don't think that's true. Uh, because why would he close the ones he have to build more? It's just, and you said, it really makes no sense. I think that there needs to, and, and I think that people who want to get an opportunity to take a crack at the governor is going to use this opportunity to do that.
Right. The same same as, you know, the, the craziness that came out, uh, you know, saying, you know, that we flip-flopped. But at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he may want to do something else. Doesn't mean we have to agree with it, right? He, he may want to uh, uh, build additional or better facilities, and we have to come up with another plan, you know? And, and the other plan uh, has to be centered around uh, there are facilities that exist. There are residential facilities that exist. You can invest in those facilities, modernize them, make them better, uh, you know, uh, retrofit them for whatever you need to retrofit them for, add opportunities uh, for those kids in there. And then with the remainder of the dollars, we should be talking about how to keep kids out of prison and the programming that exists to do that. Is is the task force listening to that, though? Is the governor hearing that part of the conversation? That's a question. That is something I, I, I can't answer, but uh, there are people that I know that are on the task force. Uh, you know, whether it's about Reverend Bartley, Ryan Hager from Institute, Institute for Social Justice, right. uh, all, Reverend all, Boyer, yeah, Reverend Boyer yeah. are there. I mean, there, there's some folks even from the past administration. I don't know, <laughs> you know, what their position is, but there's some folks that you know, there, there's some you know respectable folks on the Youth Justice Task Force. So, uh, I, I, they haven't come out and said that this is what they support. They haven't come out and said anything around this yet. Right, and it would be it'd be good to see uh, if they have a position on this. We would love to have host them here in the city of Newark to talk about what their position is around this. Well, I talked to one of them today, and and t- they told me that their concern is that that this is going to wind up being a plan to build three prisons, youth prisons in the state, at 160 million dollars. When it's not about building buildings, it's about the programming to help these kids. Absolutely, and and if you have these facilities 11 across the state where they're half populated, then there's an issue with that. Why don't you spend the money to fix up what you have, and that way you improve the programming as well, and you save taxpayers' dollars? Right. No, I completely agree with that. I mean, I think that there's no way we should spend $160 million to build three jails, I think, or or even three rehabilitative centers, right, new ones. I think there's a lot of money, right, and... uh, the money is best once you, you, you sit down and, and I think that, you know, prayerfully, uh, saner heads will prevail here. Uh, and they begin to say we're going to invest in opportunities that already because they have an obligation to for public safety on the one hand, too. Right. That other folks do not have the obligation. They don't have to, right. you know, respond to that. There are people, young people who have committed homicides. Right. They're young people who've committed sexual assault and rape. So the, those kids are going to unfortunately be incarcerated, uh, and they can't be in adult prisons, right? So there has to uh, uh, be an opportunity uh, for them to, like, house them, but how, do, how does that look is something that we have to discuss. We can't pretend that that doesn't exist, and so we need to tell them that there are residential facilities that do exist, and they can invest in those residential facilities. And that's what I said at the, the statement, that the new statement. I said that again at the top of the statement that you should invest in residential facilities that exist already uh, and use the savings to put towards the programming, uh, you know, to keep kids out of jail. So how then do you strike that balance for the kids then who are the ones who commit the more serious offenses? Uh, where would you put them? You wouldn't put them in a, in a place where a kid who's, who's, uh, uh, who's, who's had issues as a, as a juvenile and a kid who's, Who's but that's where they've been. Crimes. But that, that's where they have been. And what has happened now is that the state is 
put a lot of these kids uh, on monitors, right? So they put them on a bracelet. They've done other kind of programming to move away from that. You know, to the governor's credit, they have been changing or trying to rehabilitate juvenile justice in the state. So the context that this is being put in is an incorrect one in my mind because the governor, after all of these years of no one doing anything about it, has made a decision that he no longer wants to uh, incarcerate young people the way that the way that is happening uh, now. So obviously he's he's got a task force. He's, there's ideas being thrown out, and so our job now is to interject in those conversations and prayerfully come up with something that we think uh, will serve us well, since we are the overwhelming majority of the young people that they're talking about, black and brown kids uh, in the state of New Jersey, who, by the way, commit the same kind of crimes as, you know, other kids, but uh, find our way in jail. So you, for the record, you you favor using this money to reinforce the existing buildings, improve the programming, not necessarily building new new facilities. Uh, Not at all. But and and I I think that I I agree. Yes. So I I, I think that we have to have the a full discussion about it. And, um, you know, uh, obviously, the, the buildings that exist today, they have to be modernized. And when I say modernized, and the reason I'm talking about youth rehabilitation is because even by investing in the in the buildings that exist, we don't want them to just clean them up, right, and put couches and chairs and, and, and make it a nice-looking place. We want programming, right? So we want development. That's the key. Right? It's, it's want, the same right. argument people make about churches. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the physical building. It's what, you, right. it's what the people do. And so we want opportunities for development. And, and 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 opportunity like uh, whether they're taking trades, computer programming, whatever it is that we put in there, uh, you know, social and uh, intellectual development has to be associated with them being in there, and the environment has to be conducive for that. When you create these things, as you're talking about children, uh, whether you build a and so the the question when I think the governor agrees. As a matter of fact, I know the governor agrees with that. The 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 way where, where people are parting is should he build a whole new structure right. that embodies what we just talked about and do that, or whether he should invest in the structures that already exist uh, and do that. And, and that's where, you know, the people begin to part, right? And, and I think, too, there may be a, a, to a certain extent, maybe a trust factor in this is that, that some people who oppose this plan may think that it, ultimately what's going to happen is, is that somebody will say a youth residential facility, but it may turn out to be a jail. Well, there are people involved in it, right? So if somebody's on the Youth Justice Task Force and they're saying that, then they have to be more vocal on the Youth Justice Task Force, and they have to figure out how to get people involved in a discussion. And unfortunately, the only way we, 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 we have figured out how to have debate around serious issues is by, like, calling each other names and, you know, which could having these kind of fight, which having fights that that are really meaningless, you know, press conferences and debate and you know this kind of thing, which is crazy, when really you should be organizing an opportunity to have a public forum in the city of Newark so people can discuss their ideas about all of this stuff, so we can all come to the table and say, look, this is what we think it should look like. If you want to build something in Newark, if you want our kids, like, so we may have five or six kids that have to go all the way to Jamesburg, right? Uh, uh, what does that look like for our children? Uh, what about all the kids that are on a pathway to go there? What what programs exist to stop them from going there? Right. Uh, and how do we spread $160 million out 
to create a real opportunity for all these kids to to change their trajectory as opposed to trying to get sound bites in this one and you know headlines here and fighting each other over these over these specific things and I always find myself in the middle of trying to pull all these parts and pieces and people together and I get hit from both sides trying to do that but that's hey man that's part of the job you know uh at, at the end of the day none of us benefit from because I understand where the governor is coming from, and I understand where the people of this city are, are coming from as well. And, um, you know, and, and it's not benefiting anybody for us to miss each other, you know. Uh, Especially and, on this issue. Yeah. And, and they, they have a right to, to be worried. I mean, the history uh, in this state, this country, people say they're going to do something, it turns out to be something else. I mean, so they're not far off from being worried or, or cynical about the situation. But what I'm saying is when you have authority and position, you have to use that to negotiate and fight for what it is that you want and have faith in your ability to galvanize the people to be on your side. You're listening to Mayor Raz Baraka here on Newark Today. The number to call is 844-677-9283. That's 844-677-9283. We've been talking about uh, this youth residential facility and the plan that the governor has to build apparently three of these facilities across New Jersey at a cost of $160 million. Going to move on, Mr. Mayor. Let's talk about uh, school board uh, elections here because uh, we just had uh, a school board election here. All through the candidates, <clears throat> pardon me, all through the candidates, uh, you endorsed, all of them won, and uh, for the first time the voters in more than two decades in Newark had a chance to vote on uh, a levy increase to help balance the district's $1 billion budget. So you see that as quite an achievement. Yeah, it is. I mean, on, 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 in, in, in one sense, I mean, you know, we, I don't think we're getting all the money we, we deserve from the state, which is why the levy is, is even happening. Uh, the school board, well, the school board obviously thought that it was necessary for them to raise the taxes. People voted for that and approved the, to, to use their taxes to help improve the school board. But we're missing over $100 million from the state, right? So uh, we're, we're not being fully funded. And the taxpayers in Newark, the small amount of people, are covering that because the state has failed to meet its obligation around Abbott. When will you get the $100 million? God only knows, man. We pray every night, you know. <laughs> to to make these things happen, I mean, you know, th this is something that's and then the money we get, uh, most of it has to go to charters. The money that comes in, they have to what send percent? it right out the door uh, immediately. I mean, so this year the the the, the city might have gotten close to thirty million dollars. I would say ninety more than ninety percent of that went to uh, uh, charters in 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 the city, and so that creates this kind of wedge. Uh, uh, in, in a community and in, in this kind of um, contentious environment, you know, because when you're fighting over resources, it gets really ugly. And, uh, you Especially know, when the resources are limited. That's right. Uh, I, I see that there was one candidate for the school board who was um, someone from the charter school system, and that person uh, did not fare too well in this election. Who is that? Uh, let's see here. Um... Who was it? I know I read it here somewhere. Um, one of the people here who ran. Well, all, all the people on our team got about the same amount of votes. Right, they did. Yeah, 4,000 <laughs> uh, 4, 4, yeah. plus the top three. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I saw one of the people here. Um, I'll find the Probably name. got a little less than, than the other two, but it's close. Right, right, right. But the, the top vote getter, you know, was a Dorian Murray, a 23-year-old right. who also attended charter school. 
She wow. graduated from charters from 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 the you know from from those communities. But she is 23 years old, the youngest African American or the youngest woman that served on that school board in the history of the school board. And why'd you endorse her? She's brilliant, creative, youth activist in this community, uh, up and coming uh, young person in in this city. Uh, I think she's uh, you know individual minded and 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 not going to be swayed or pushed uh, even by me, right? So I I think it's important. Uh, to have a, a free-thinking individual on there who understands what's happening, uh, uh, but, but is also progressive. You know, you, you mentioned free-thinking, and, and I'm reading uh, a tap-into uh, article here, and one of the people who uh, lost, it looks like uh, Johnny Leitner, community organizer for 25 years. I don't think he actually ran. But Johnny Leitner, community organizer for more than 25 years, believes that the election was, in fact, not an election at all. And it goes on to say, this article quotes him as saying, I'm upset at the process. If the elected officials are supposed to represent the interests of all the residents, they need to stay out of the election and not endorse anyone. It takes the voting out of the process because people tend to follow who elected officials endorse. That's ridiculous. I think it's the most ridiculous. And, and I think really it's opportunism and people's inability to organize. So, the, the, you know, I just spoke to a bunch of kids yesterday at Science High. I said the the best thing that I learned when I started running for politics is I used to say I used to say the masses all the time the community the masses used to speak like that the masses people believe this the community wants this and I realized when I ran for office the community was me and the 20 people I knew and when I knocked on the door like the community was different than me and I had to actually convince the community of the things that I believed and I had to negotiate and talk had to go to PTA meetings I had to actually do some work I can't read four books and believe that I'm smarter than everybody and say this is what the community wants. You don't know what the community wants because you're not in the community. Elected officials are also residents. So you telling people that because they were elected by people, they don't have a right to voice their concern about what they think is uh, 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 right or the best interest for uh, you know the city that they live in or, or a part of? I think that's ridiculous. I think it's a ridiculous statement uh, to make. There are people who have more influence on residents uh, than elected officials. There are some people, some of the most powerful people in the state of New Jersey have never held an elected office. Never. Well, I can think of some people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can name three or four. But, uh, you know, so you, say, you can't use that as an excuse, man, as a crutch. So these three you endorse, you want them to be independent-minded. It's not a situation you pick up the phone and tell them, I want this. I, and anybody that's on the board now that ever was, uh, that I helped get there, they can't say that. I, I'm, there might be one or two times that I call people and, and, and things that I think are very serious uh, to try to get involved in and say, what's happening here, what's happening here, what's happening there. I never uh, try to bully you or make you do this or make you do that. But I, we do want cooperation. If I ask you to, maybe we should have a meeting and you tell me I don't want to meet or, you know, I don't believe in politics, then I'm starting to wonder what, what are you doing down there? I mean, you have to uh, have a kind of progressive mindset, at least that you want what's good for the kids uh, in the city. Miss Mayor, I'm going to go back to another issue here. Uh, remind our callers here, our listeners, 844-677-9283. You're listening to Newark Today on WBGO. And the number to call here, of course, is 844-677-9283. I want to talk about black male youth. There's a report that came out. Uh, 
the Advocates for Children of New Jersey 2019 Newark Kids Count Report. Yeah. They used some of the things that you're doing for this report mm -hmm. that, that really focuses on black male youth mm -hmm. in the city of Newark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we asked them through My Brother's Keeper to actually add this uh, for various reasons. We wanted to zero in on it. We wanted to focus in on it. And we knew that, you know, there's always a risk in doing that because people use this data to kind of hang you with it. But the, the reality is we, we need this to be front and center. Uh, and because this is exactly what I spoke about at the State of the City as well. We need this stuff to be front and center because we need everybody in the city to begin to organize their resources around what's happening in our city and see that black men of color, young black men of color, uh, are not in the spaces that we need them to be in. They're not getting the support that they need to get. Uh, they're not achieving at the levels that we need them to achieve at. And uh, it's work for all us, of us to do to make sure that that changes. And um, when you talk to, talk to corporate Newark, corporate New Jersey, what do you tell them about this issue? Well, the same, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't pull any punches, you know, I, 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 I you know, I, I basically tell them, even the universities, you know, that just take a look at the people who are successful and look at the pathways and opportunities they've been given. If you look at those pathways and opportunities, you'll see that there's a very obvious absence of black and brown boys in these spaces, right? And we have to deliberately put them in these spaces deliberately, you know, consciously and deliberately do it. Mr. Mayor, we have a caller here. This is Alec from Newark. Alec, uh, you're on the phone. Uh, thank you for joining the conversation. Uh, tell me what your question, what your concern is. My concern and question is that Newark has a lot of good young artists that are up and coming. I had the opportunity a week ago to see the artwork here in Newark at one Bloomfield place, but there's no other place for them to show their work. Uh, what is the mayor going to do about this situation for these young artists that is up and coming? Well, there's a lot of places to show their work. I don't know if this guy's from Newark or not. I mean, but we have artists' mur murals all over the city from Newark artists that are painting on the ground, on the walls, on buildings. Uh, you know, we are doing artists. We are building an artist co-op now on Clinton Avenue. In fact, we're contemplating another uh, shared workspace for artists um, on uh, Lions Avenue. Um, okay. you, we are also, um, you know, with the Kruger Mansion, uh, creating a space for local artists that are also entrepreneurs uh, that are going to be in that space. I mean, so we, we are completely focused on art here in the city of Newark, man. I mean, that's, I'm an artist myself, so, I mean, we don't miss that boat. And wasn't there a, um, uh, a survey that came out either last year or the year before yeah. that talked about Newark as being one of the, the top ten cities in the country for art. That's right, for as a, as a burgeoning arts community. One of the top ten, yeah. Alec, thank you for calling. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, back to the uh, black male youth uh, issue. Uh, what role does your Newark Community Street Team play in all this? Well, yeah, the Newark Community Street Team, and, and they play in, in the first discussion and the second discussion. You know, we were talking about youth jails and this. I mean, Newark Community Street Team, they engage a lot of these young people that we're talking about, uh, whether it is safe passageway to school or intervening in conflicts that happen in communities, uh, try to give them counseling, put them on pathways to employment, uh, give them the mentorship that they need. Uh, and, and it's basically a, a trauma-informed, anti-violence kind of program 
Uh, and we're now trying to organize all that into something we call in the Brick City Peace Collective uh, with all these organizations together to begin to do what they're doing in New York. New York gives a similar organization $36 million of all these organizations together. Uh, we were glad to get some of that $160 million put into, into that pot as well. But Newark Community Street Team, and part of it is resources. So they only are limited to specific parts of the city because they don't have the resources to expand throughout the entire city. Quick thing here, Mr. Mayor, before we go to the break. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to read the uh, redacted Mueller report yet, but is there anything you'd like to say about uh, about the release of this redacted report? No, absolutely not. I just think the, the Democrats put all the eggs in that basket. I think that uh, I, didn't, I didn't think anything was going to come out of that. Anyway, the, the reality is all of the issues that are taking place that are much more damaging than that Mueller report, right? Issues around housing, issues around food stamps, issues around health care, issues around all of those things that they are not attacking. And they should really, the you know, the voting rights attack, attack on LGBTQ community, attacking on immigrants, need to focus on those things, you know, and, I, and that's what I believe. All right. You're listening to Mayor Rasbaraka here on Newark Today as we've been talking about uh, several issues here. You just heard him talk about uh, briefly about uh, his thoughts on the uh, release of the redacted Mueller report. We've been talking about youth prisons or youth residential facility, the school board election, and black male youth. When we come back in our second half hour, we'll be focusing on the Braven program. I'm excited to talk about this. This is a terrific program helping college kids in Newark. When we come back. And I'm feeling good. When I turn on WBGO, it makes me feel happy. When I turn on WBGO, I feel joy. I feel proud. I feel calm, relaxed. I feel solace. I feel strength. It just stirs a lot of emotion in me. It soothes my mood, and it takes me often someplace else. Sometimes it's like a trip down memory lane, or sometimes it's something that I've never heard before, and it's like, oh, that is just so beautiful. Do what I did. Support your, your station and make sure that we don't one day wake up and WPGO is no longer. I'm part of something big, and I'm part of something important, and I'm part of something that, that really matters in the lives of other people. The future of public radio is in the hands of the listenership. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I am feeling good with WBGO. Member financial support has kept WBGO strong for 40 years. The next 40 begin with you. Call 1-800-499-9246 or go to wbgo.org slash support. You're listening to Newark Today, and we want to hear from you. Call us at 1-844-677-9283. That's 1-844-677-9283. Welcome back to the broadcast. This is Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. I'm your host, Michael Hill of NJTV News. We have in the studio with us once again the Honorable Mayor of Newark, Raz Baraka. And joining us this half hour is Shakira McKnight. She's the coordinator in the Mayor's Office of Youth and College Affairs as we discuss what's taking place on that front. The number to call here is 844-677-9283. Shakira, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you very much. Tell me what, uh, tell me what you do, what the office is all about. 
So our office was actually created under the administration of the Honorable Mayor Raz J. Baraka, who is a man who empowers youth, who was a youth in the community himself, raised in the streets of North New Jersey. Um, so it's an avenue for young people to be able to network and take leadership roles. And what kind of leadership roles are we talking about? So we're talking about being able to connect and talk to these city officials and let them know the problems that they have, but not just talking about these problems, creating solutions to these problems in the youth office, which is right in the basement of City Hall. So how are you helping youth in the, in the, in the city of Newark? This says you, you, the office is the Office of Youth and College Affairs. What do you do? Youth and College Affairs. So actually what we do is a number of programs. Um, we have a six-week program, which is the HBCU Travel Camp. And with this camp, we try to make sure that we are not creating the prison-to-school pipeline, but we're actually making sure that these students are going strictly to universities and they're actually going to careers um, and that they're engaged in their community. And how do you ensure that? We ensure that by making sure that they can come and talk to the mayor at his leadership academies that he has every third Saturday of the month. Um, these young people are able to talk about the problems that they have. They're able to sit with the mayor and negotiate things that they feel as though, you know, he should be speaking on for the youth. And we are also doing a series of town halls at this point where we're actually in the schools trying to figure out what the students want to talk about and um, what they would like to see and getting them more engaged with the pipeline to actually creating them to be in universities and to careers. You're going to all the uh, public high schools? Public, yes, and we're looking to go into also the charter schools to speak to them also. What kind of reaction do you get when, when, when kids hear the mayor's office is here and somebody hears, hear from the mayor's office and, and this is about youth, this is about college affairs, this is about going to college? What kind of reaction do you get? Most of the time we get a surprising effect because they are looking for a older person to come in um, and represent for the mayor, but they see me, a young individual who learned from um, the community, learned from seeing a man like him do the groundwork, actually. Um, and when we go into these schools, they're looking for their students to speak up, but in these spaces, we actually created for another avenue for them to speak up, not just in the school, but we let them know that we're there in City Hall. And outside of City Hall, we're also in other avenues in the community for them to come and reach out to us. Mr. Mayor, this program, when did you, when did you establish this office of Youth and College Affairs? Well, we were playing around with it when we first came in, trying to figure out, you know, so it, it had many different iterations. You know, we had played around with the youth mayor and the youth council and all these other kind of things. So we just decided to get out, get out of it, you know, period. Get out, out. We tried to figure out what we needed. So we just let them, de you know, develop what they think what should happen. And so they came up with the idea of Office of Youth and College Affairs. And, uh, you know, they have these, uh, you know, youth academy leadership classes. They have an overnight class. They have a, a trip to the HBCUs. They have these town halls. They find kids jobs. You know, it's awesome to walk past their office and see those kids in there look like they're plotting. Uh, you know, they're developing a, a youth bill of rights, uh, wow. which I think is awesome. You know, I'm, I can't wait to see what it turns out to be. <laughs> but, um you know, all, all, all kinds of things like that. It makes them feel like they're part of uh, the city government. And um, and did you model this after some other program in another city, or you just? So when, when I was in college, you know, Mayor Barry had the uh, right. 
his, his, his youth office. He had a youth mayor. And that's what I tried to come up with when I weren't ran because, you know, I knew the youth mayor's name was Kimry Hughes at that time. Uh, and, uh, you know, Marion Barry stayed involved in the community and on the campus. And so I tried to have a youth mayor. Obviously, uh, you know, it, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Then we wanted to have a youth council. So I just decided, look, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. I just let them figure out what it is that they want to do downstairs and let them run with it. And that's basically what we've done. When you when you see them, do you ever go into this office and, and engage oh, yeah. with them and talk to them? Sure. I mean, I, I go in there. I try to stay away as much as I can, but I go in there. You know, I say hello when, I, when they need. But they, they have after-school, uh, you know, leadership classes in there. I went in there one time. They were giving out awards. They were, they had this uh, young women's development yes. kind of class in there. Uh, it's, it's just awesome stuff going on uh, uh, down there. Uh, we support it. We, we, we make sure that they have the resources that they need. Uh, I know there's a big youth um, conference coming up. Next month. Uh, yeah. Soon. So, uh, you know, we, 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 I try to make sure that they know that we're here uh, for them. Good. Shakira, the, the mayor mentioned this this conference you did too. Tell me about this. Yeah, so May 9th, we will be bridging the gap between the youth and the community again. Um, and with that conference, it will be at NJIT. So we are looking for college students from all of the surrounding areas to come out, join us, and make sure that they are engaged in this urban youth conference that the mayor will be leading along with the mayor's Office of Youth and College Affairs. And what will take place at this conference? So we will be doing a number of things. We'll have workshops. And we'll have different things that we talk about as far as, you know, urban issues in the community. And um, we're looking for different urban mayors to come join Mayor Baraka for this. And we look forward to having an amazing day with the college students and some of the local co uh, high school students. Are you getting good sign-up so far? Yes. Our Eventbrite is going, and it is going very fast. So if you want to register, I advise you to register soon. How can they register? Eventbrite, yes. You just Eventbrite. look up the Urban Youth Conference in Newark, and it pops right up. We're the only Urban Youth Conference going on right now. Now, do you have other, you, you mentioned other mayors you would like to get involved. Have they, any of the other mayors in the area signed on yet? Yes, we have the mayor of East Orange going to be with us also. Mayor Turner? And a, yes, and yes. a couple of other mayors will be with us. And you're getting kids, too, from um, East Orange and as yes. well? Yes. We have kids from Orange, East Orange. These are the urban communities that we stay connected with, so they will be with us that day, making sure that their students are there, their voices are heard, and that they are a part of this movement. So, Shakira, are you, is your office then in touch with, with mayors and other, are there other offices of youth and college affairs in, in other towns? So, we are the first um mayor's office of youth and college affairs actually established in a city government building um in the state of new jersey wow. but we look to let this be the vision for other cities so that they can see that a mayor like mayor baraka you know uplifts the young people and the vision that comes out of this office is going to be so tremendous that other people are going to have no choice but to want to have these settings inside of their city so do you work with with private non-sector groups like the the um the braven program or anything like that so we actually were just talking me and the braven students and we were talking about how you know these programs are very important just like the mayor's youth office because we help students get the skills that they need to take leadership roles before they actually go to college or go to the career that they would like to go to and you have um you, you have for this conference that's coming up you have the agenda all laid out so people know exactly what's going to take place what you're going to discuss you talk about 
money to go to college, how to sign up for college, how yes. to apply and stuff like and that. And we do that in our office also. So if students would like to come down before the conference, you know, they can meet us at City Hall, come find out about resources for college, about our HBCU travel camp, about our Umoja leadership camp, which is a one-week overnight camp that the mayor has up at Camp McDonald, the YMCA, um, and many other things like our March for Our Lives event and um, us actually doing our singing praise event. So these are things that young people might might not feel like they can get involved in, but we're here to show example that we're here and we're able to be involved in these things in our city because we have a great leader like Mayor Baraka. Mr. Mayor, you're going to participate in this uh, in this college conference? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. Uh, Mayor Green will be there for me, Starnes. I think Mayor Voss is, is, is going to be involved as well hmm. from Irvington. So we'll be. I think they have a mayor's panel up there uh, for us to sit up there and, and talk about some of these things. And what, what will you what will you tell them about about being mayor of Newark and, and, and achieving and reaching? Yeah, and well, I'm, I'm going to try to answer any questions that they have. And you know, I mean, the kids in Newark are, are used to me coming around speaking uh, at the high schools and at the youth town halls. You know, I, I, I basically I don't pull any punches. I say exactly what you know what I think you know they need to hear from me, and uh, you know, talk about what the city has to offer. Uh, and that we need them to be a part of what's going on in the city now. And that they're not the, the city's future, they're the city's today. You know, we have uh, uh, some of the uh, interviews that we talk to youth about and what their concerns are uh, in Newark. And one of the people we talked to, her name is uh, Shaquan, and we asked her about uh, uh, what her concerns are. And one of our concerns is on getting more information on how to apply for college mm -hmm. to help high school students. Here was what she had to say. I'm Shaquan Lucas, a student at Rutgers campus, Newark born and raised. And that will be my biggest thing is like working now at Westside High School and working at with different high schools in the um, district. I feel as if there's a lot of failure to meet, well not even failure, but just a lack of concern towards post high school academia, both collegiately and even professionally geared. There isn't enough information being spread or enough resources being given out to seniors about what exactly do they do once they leave high school or how to do a fast for where do they go to get different resources. So that's my biggest thing, just an outlet of information. Right. Shakir, Mr. Mayor? I, I think he's right. I mean, there's a commentary on our guidance counselors though, I tell you that. But uh, we found out some very troubling things, you know, through NCLC and some other stuff. I mean, why there are more kids going to college than ever before, uh, you know, just those pathways that exist, those those summer programs, the upper bound programs. A lot of newer kids not involved in that. Not a not not a lot of black and brown boys involved in those programs that are involved in them. Essex County College, not a lot of us. You know, we're not the majority at Essex County College. Forty percent of us are in Essex County College. Less than less than twenty percent actually graduate from Essex County College, right? And 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 a lot of it has to do with instability, not academics, right? It has to do with the instability of the bureaucracy of getting their schedules, f financial opportunity, back and forth, transportation, all these things that societal image uh, right. challenges outside of college Out, off campus. That's right, and we have to address those things in a collective. And I think there are a lot of programs that try to address those things separately. Uh, and, you know, we, we I talk to the superintendent about it all the time, that we, we're trying to figure out how to, uh, you know, bring uh, all these programs together under one opportunity to begin to focus in on these young people in the city. I think the Youth and College Affairs Office, uh, you know, does a good job at trying to address or grab some of these kids and pull them in at least one-on-one. -on -one. 
but you, you're not talking about the thousands of kids that need the the kind of attention, you know, as opposed to the dozens of kids or hundreds that they might be able to hit. Shakir, what did you think of that caller? So that, 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 that uh, interview. So I think that um, the resources are here. It's not, you know, they are limited, but they are here. And having programs like I was just speaking on the HBCU travel camp where it's a six-week program and these students are studying not just about the HBCU colleges, but how can they get into these colleges, right? Some students didn't even know how to write personal statements. Um, they knew how to write them, but they just didn't know the structure of how the colleges might want them. And having advice from people like me and, you know, former alumni from these HBCU colleges, um, it gave them advice and it gave them confidence and made them feel like, okay, someone from where I'm from can teach me how to get to where they were and I can be successful. Now, do you help them get, if they wanted to get into not just an HBCU, but some other college like Rutgers, yes. Newark, and, and yes. so forth? Yes, we have, um, we had 30 students last year in the HBCU travel camp, and they actually about, a few of them are now in our office, and they're working on personal statements and things of that nature. Some of them have got accepted to schools like William Patterson, Bloomfield College, full scholarships, scholarships that will, you know, they probably didn't think that they would get, but people having, people having people like us in the youth office pushing them let them know that you know it was able to happen and we were there through that uh, stage of them getting through getting to college I'm, I'm curious about something you know I, I've done some uh, reporting in Newark when it comes to talking to teachers about sometimes about the quality of education at different schools and things like that and um, and I'm thinking of like uh, Dominique Lee used to be with teach um, for America and so forth and wound up finding, uh, founding the uh, Brick Academy and so forth, and that whole um, infrastructure in, in the South Ward. And one of the reasons that he started Brick Academy was because when he was teaching at Shabazz High School, he came across ninth and 10th graders who were reading third and fourth grade level, uh, math skills, third and fourth grade level. And he decided, along with some others, that, look, uh, these are the kids who aren't going to wind up going to college. These are the kids who are going to wind up being left behind in places like Newark and Gary, Indiana, and Oakland, and New Orleans, and so forth. And so he decided to found Brick Academy, but he also went to uh, what was the state-run school system at the time and said, hey, why don't you let us take over the curriculum at Avon Avenue, at Peshon, and places, places like that? And they wound up being... Uh, um, uh, public schools, but with a, a, a charter school influence. Not that any of that matters. But these are people who knew about education, how to educate uh, black and brown kids, and decided if we take over this curriculum, we know what to do to how to get these kids to achieve. Mm -hmm. And they did. Turn them around. I'm curious, as you have kids from Newark and from other places come to the office and to reach out for help, what are you finding in terms of them being prepared being ready to go to college academically? I think that the young people of North are brilliant um, and it's a matter of helping them feel that confidence. Um, it's not that they don't, they're not ready. 
you know, is that we have to push them and let them know that they are ready, right? Because, you know, talking so to them... So that they don't have the... They may not necessarily have all the, the skills in terms of preparing an application. Uh, they may not have the confidence. Is that so a- they have the skills. They just might not have that confidence. And they might confidence. need a person like me, you know, or a person like Jennifer Fana in the office or Baba Abraham in our office to say, hey, you can do this, right? You can complete this right here with us. You don't have to worry about the distractions at home. You can come sit at this computer and we'll help you finalize this so that we can make sure that you're getting to where you need to be. And we're breaking that school to prison pipeline as the mayor teaches us in the Leadership Academy. And we're sitting them to careers and we're sending them to universities you're listening to newark today the conversation is about the mayor's office of youth and college affairs we're also talking about the braven program we'll get to that in just a second the number to call here is 844-677-9283 that's 844-677-9283 do you need help applying for college do you need some direction uh, you can certainly give us a call and offer your concerns and even your questions. Uh, we have some folks here who can certainly uh, answer those uh, uh, for you. The Braven program, as I was introduced uh, early this evening, uh, has uh, three offices across the country, Newark, mm-hmm. Chicago, and out in, on the West Coast. And this is a program that uh, has kids who are from places like Newark, and they're in college, and this helps connect them to corporate uh, coaches and so forth. They spend approximately 100 hours a semester with a corporate coach, and the corporate coach kind of guides them along. I asked them a few minutes ago about what's so great about this program, and one of the students said, you know what? It really teaches us about confidence, how to make connections, how to network, and, and, and things like that. Uh, those are really important things. And I asked them, I said, what about academics? They said, yeah, you know, academics are important. It, it teaches, uh, the program has taught us how to um, how to uh, uh, better manage our time, which I think all of us probably could use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is one of the programs that is out there making a difference uh, and eventually trying to reach almost 1,000 kids uh, in Newark, going to Rutgers, uh, Newark University. Um, is that the same kind of work that you guys wind up doing? Yes. Um, and speaking on that four to 6,000 youth that are in the city of Newark, I would point out the fact that summer youth employment is one of the avenues that helps us with the HBCU travel camp. And with that, we are able to pay children to do these programs that we're having. And they not only just feel like they're learning, but they're actually benefiting from it in a financial way also to help them not just to, you know, uh, get go to the 12th grade and try to graduate but they can actually apply and pay for these applications because they were funded by the HBCU Travel Camp and by Nork Works which is helping us you know do a lot of things in the city for the youth and they're raising the amount of youth that they are bringing into some youth employment each year which is a great thing also. We have uh, Shikana, Shikana on the phone. She is from Newark. Let's go to her and hear what she has to say. Thank you for uh, for joining the broadcast. What's your question? What's your concern? Yes, hi, um, and good evening to the Honorable Mayor Raz Baraka and Shakira. Uh, my question is, it was not necessarily a question, but I just wanted to know if the mayor could elaborate on the Newark Teacher Academy. Um, if he could just elaborate a little more on that and where they are um, at this point. Okay, thank you. That's, I believe she's talking about the program that uh, uh, we're doing, in, the, the school system is doing in conjunction with uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the the teachers union and uh randy weingarten and, and the national organization to create 
opportunities for young people to become teachers in their own community. Uh, and, and so that is underway now. I think the school system is uh, putting the structure together uh, uh, as we speak. And I, and I know that the, the idea of it is to begin to uh, train teachers and train young people to begin to create these kind of pathways uh, so we can, one, get them interested in, in being educators, number one, uh, and number two, get them to be interested in educators in the city of Newark, which is what, which is what we need desperately. Are you trying to get more minorities? Uh, in, Absolutely, in right? and, uh, and we and we 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 definitely want to. Focus. Look, the data is clear that uh, you know it, it specifically says when they're black and brown teachers in front of these kids that they do better, uh, and so we can't ignore that. Doesn't mean that if there's another teacher there that they won't do well. Uh, that's not what the report says. It says that you know uh, more than likely they'll do better. The the probability that they do better is higher, and so. It's important for us to to make sure that we uh, make the young people in this city begin to gravitate towards being educators in in their own city. Shakira, I'm I, I'm curious about something. When they come to your office, do you try to uh, uh, show them what the the possibilities are out there, career wise as well, that to, to expand their horizons and not just think inside of a box? So I don't try to convince any young people to do anything that they don't want to do. But my first question always is, what is what do you like to do? Right. Um, and when I ask them what do they like to do, they give me different they give me different questions. They give me different options, right? You have people who like to draw. You have people who like to make clothes. But I try to get them to think on, in a way where they're doing for self. So not to just go out and get a job, right? Right. But look at your craft and try to own your craft and try to, you know, take ownership of it and create your own business out of that craft, not to just go out and get a job from what it is you like to do or that you feel like you might want to do in the future. Follow your passion. See if you could, if it's legal and you can make some money with it, right? Yes, and yeah. own it. That's my advice to them. But make sure it's legal, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you laugh, Mr. Mayor. I, 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 I was at a school one time and, and, I, and I had to tell kids based on where I was and I tell them whether it's the suburbs or, or wherever you know what follow your passion see if you can make money at it so you can support yourself and support your family but you know importantly make sure it's legal yeah. so don't think that you know because you know you saw somebody across the street who's a drug dealer and you know got five cattle and all that other craziness we have Rosalind on the line she's from Newark Rosalind um, what's your question what's your concern my Thank, thank you for taking my call, and congratulations to the panel. My question is, what happens to the high school graduates who do not wish to go to college and the classified student? What's in Newark for them? Well, there's, it's, it's, it's a great question. I mean, obviously we're trying to, uh, you know, get these corporations and businesses to hire more Newark residents. We, we're working on that. you still got vocational opportunity here. We just did women in construction class uh, uh, in the city of Newark. So we have those kind of trade uh, opportunities uh, in the city where we try to create pathways for them to become part of unions and organize them to be a part of the construction trades and other kind of uh, trades. We also have opportunities for them to be involved in coding uh, and, and, and issues around technology. There are a lot of jobs that pay very, very well uh, around computer technology uh, encoding and coding and building, uh, you know, technology that do not require a college degree, that pay very, very well, in fact. So we are, you know, laser-like focused 
on those kinds of opportunities, creating those opp- kind of opportunities for young people in the city uh, so they can become successful, you know, whether, whether it's advanced manufacturing uh, or the coding like we talked about. But lastly, I think what Shakira said, we also are encouraging people to do a lot of entrepreneurship uh, and ownership. Uh, so we have a lot of classes uh, that's, that are centered around that. Rosson, thank you for your call. Mr. Mayor, along the lines of what you were just talking about, you just opened the Newark Community Outreach Office, uh, trying to make sure that folks from Newark get a slice of the $2.7 billion construction effort at Newark Liberty International Airport. Yeah, I mean, the $2.7 billion, but it's also, you know, the airport generates about $30 billion in revenue, you know, annually, right? So we want people to get a piece of all of that, whether it's directly or indirectly, and I think that's the beginning step. Port Authority has never done anything like this, you know. I had to even say thank you to them, you know, the, the, you know, the, to, to move into Newark, open up an office to directly try to engage the residents to be a part of the creation of Terminal 1. So it's a good thing. Uh, Shakira, back to this conference on, uh, on May 9th. How many people are you actually anticipating will, will show up for this? So we're looking for 600 people to show up um, for this conference. We are, like I said, having the event bright open now and looking for people to continue to register. But we are busing students in from different cities to come to this conference that will participate with us. So not just Newark students, but the surrounding urban communities, like I said before. And what about what about folks who, um, um, if they come to your office and they may not want to be college bound or whatever can you still help them in some way of course um we have connections to you know we have partnerships with the Newark street academy um the shawnee baraka center um Newark works like i said which is the one-stop center for young people and these avenues are places for them to not just not just sit in you know uh it's not just a space for them to, you know, sit and say, hey, I want to go to college because it's the Newark Youth and College Affairs Office. But in that space, they can find out what they would like to do just by, you know, conversing, having conversation with young people like myself in these Friday meetings with the youth board, the youth and college team who is downstairs. And we have a team of five students um, who are on the Youth and College Affairs Board, which you should come down and meet with them on Fridays at 4 p.m. And if you can't make it on Friday, then you can come on Monday to meet with us at 4 p.m. And if you can't make it on Monday, then you can meet us at the Leadership Academy, which will be on Saturday at 10 a.m. Tomorrow? Every, no, yes. This Saturday. Saturday at King's Restaurant. Yeah, this you got it all planned out, don't you? Yes. <laughs> you sure do. Well, you know, on the, uh, uh, I'm going to play for you here. This is uh, part of an interview with someone named Tymira who was talking about uh, some of the issues in uh, in Newark and on doing a better job of promoting college life in Newark. This is what uh, Tymira had to say. My name is George uh, Mina. I'm a student at NJIT. Um, I just have a question for the mayor. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, how can you give us more uh, public transportation options, uh, like maybe student discounts at the light rail, um, just so we can get around Newark uh, easier and faster? Thank you. That didn't sound like time mirror, brother. It did not. That's George. (laughs) Sorry about that. All right, George. I mean, uh, unfortunately, the city of Newark does not have any authority over New Jersey Transit or uh, uh, any of those things, though I think it's a great idea. I do know that uh, Newark Public Schools have been contemplating a bus card that would allow students to move around the city and go different places. Uh, You know, a student card. Uh, that that we're trying to work with them and hopefully get New Jersey Transit to be on board with uh, as well. But that's a discussion we should have with the folks from the universities and us about what, what that looks like.
Ms. May, I want to thank you for uh, joining us once again as we've been talking about uh, your Office of Youth and College Affairs. Also thank our in-studio guest, Shakira McKnight, the coordinator of that office. Shakira, good to have you on the broadcast. Thank you. Make sure you come back and see us again. Always. I want to thank the team here uh, as well. Uh, our staff, Ang Santos on the phones, Corey Goldberg Operations, Alexandra Hiller, producer, Doug Doyle, the executive producer. Also want to thank Eddie from Channel 78. He's in the studio here, and Channel 78 will be carrying this. And uh, Chris Tubin is here as well. Chris, good to see you. And I want to thank certainly the folks who are in the other studio here for the Braven program because they've been uh, very informative for, uh, for this show tonight. I'm your host, Michael Hill. This is WBGO Newark.